You're listening to Make Your Way, Season 4, Episode 6. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Hey, Katie. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to talk about intentional growth and planning for growth in our businesses. I know. Yes. It's always a good topic to be thinking about. How are we growing and what are we growing and how how do we plant the seeds for more growing and all of the growing? Yes. So I, I'm curious, Katie, uh, if you could talk a little bit about um, what's your approach to growth? How do you think about growth for, for uh, your business in general and what things are kind of uh, on your radar right now? So we, when we first started talking about this topic, we put in that intentional word in there, intentional mm-hmm. growth. <laughs> and I feel like that is something that is very much on my mind. Um, I do not want to be in a situation where there's like an explosion of growth in my business <laughs> and I have to deal with it and I'm unprepared for it. I mm-hmm. don't want to have to hire staff. Like that's mm-hmm. something that I've been um, pretty careful about in terms of just I mean, it may seem like I add a lot of things to my business relatively quickly, but I do it very intentionally so that I am not being overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. um, from the outside, I I think it might seem like I'm constantly doing more things, but there is a plan for sure Mm. um, of when things get added in. So I think when I think about growth, I definitely tie it to revenue um, Mm -hmm. more than like size of my business. And especially as I have experimented with more offerings and different kinds of offerings and services, I've wanted to think about even like consolidation of certain things, you know, like that sometimes I think consolidation is how you have intentional growth or like niching into particular areas is how you have intentional growth. Um, so I would say even in this past year, the rebrand I did on my website around radical self-trust, that was a very intentional part of the growth of my business and thinking about how I want to be using that as a cornerstone to talk about my coaching packages, to frame some of the things I do with my writing groups and stuff around that radical self-trust. And immediately I saw people signing up for coaching and saying like, I was drawn to this in particular, and this is why I decided to work with you as a coach. So I think that, I guess one of the things I want to throw out there is I think sometimes intentional growth comes from doing from like what on the outside looks to be the opposite, Mm. like limiting your services or, you know, niching your services or products that can be a way of planning for growth and Mm -hmm. making sure that you actually have the time and energy and attention to give to those things so that you can do better marketing. Like, you know, if you're marketing two things versus trying to market 12, Mm -hmm. you may have better growth with those two things than you would if you're spreading your energy out over 12. So Mm -hmm. that's what I've been thinking a lot about this recently. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I think I think you're right that growth is uh, it means different things to different people. And I I uh, I like that you raised again the the question of, you know, staff, do I hire new people? Do I try to expand that way Um, and being pretty clear to yourself and um, to your business that like that's not what you want out of this. Um, And I think in a lot of ways, there are very specific 
sort of models for growth that you're, you know, kind of by default compare yourself to. And, and one of them is, you know, when can you hire your first staff person? Right. And, and I think for, for both of us, that's not really the goal. Like I might subcontract for some stuff, um, but I'm not looking to hire another me really. <laughs> no, it would be handy for productivity purposes, but, uh, but in terms of the size of the business businesses that we both want, we want to keep them small. And so how do you do that? How do you grow things sustainably? Um, and in a way that works and, and create the systems to make that work. And some of that is about stepping back a little bit, um, but stepping back only so that you can kind of step forward, right? Like that's that the goal is to grow in a, in a particular way and be thoughtful about that and have learned from the things that you've done before, uh, the, the failures that you've had and the setbacks and those sorts of things and kind of reformulate things and move forward uh, intentionally. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what... Um, what new areas you're kind of diving into now? Are there anything, things in particular that you're um, intentionally focusing on? So I think this, as I kind of talked about in our 2019 goals and intentions episode. So if you haven't listened to that, swing back around to the beginning of the mm-hmm. season. Um, I think I'm really trying to kind of sustain and strengthen what's already here. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple new offerings I'm, I'm probably going to be offering in 2019 but around things that people would be familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. And prolific, as we've already talked about on the show, is something that was kind of newly launched at the end of 18 that will continue into 2019. Um, And that's my community for academic writers. Um, But I would also say that I definitely will be doing something with radical self-trust and coaching this year. I'm just not entirely sure what that looks like yet. Um, But I think that, you know, I've been thinking about what, how goals get tied in with kind of what you're willing to do in terms of tactics for your business. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think about, for example, I was listening to a podcast episode a while ago and it was somebody who had a seven figure business and it was an online business. So they did like webinars and, and courses and things like that, but they were shelling out tens of thousands of dollars in Facebook ad revenue to get Mm -hmm. that business. They were really marketing to, you know, specific audiences in their community But at the same time, you know, like when I was looking at that and they had a large staff, you know, that I mean, if you have a seven figure business, it doesn't come out of nothing. You know, it's it's not one person usually sitting behind a computer. There's there's a team and and there's strategy there. But when I was listening to her talk about this, you know, I thought. That's definitely not what I want. Hmm. I definitely don't want to be paying out thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars in ad revenue to be bringing people into something. Um, I much prefer slow steady growth. Mm -hmm. And that probably tells you something about like where I'm investing my retirement income and, you know, like all (laughs) all those kinds of things. Like it's probably something about my personality. Like there are certain areas I'm willing to take risks in, but this also comes back to like why I still have a full-time job. Like this Mm -hmm. is not an area that I'm willing to kind of like throw all my eggs in this basket and kind of see how it goes. Um, So I think that, you know, just thinking about my plans for the future I almost feel like in some ways, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like putting the brakes on, but I Mm -hmm. definitely feel like I am really trying to grow what already exists. Mm -hmm. Whereas a year or two ago, I was very invested in like creating new stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, and also I think really strengthening the marketing strategy that I've put into place, which is really the podcast, my mailing list, you know, ways of interacting with what is to some people a relatively small audience, mm-hmm. but the importance of building trust with that audience is huge 
for mm-hmm. how people choose to work with me and how they choose to recommend my work to other people. And I think that's hugely impacted by the fact that we both work with academics, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you work with groups outside of that. But my prim- mm-hmm. my primary audience is academics who are highly skeptical mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as a, as a, a group. Um, and so I think that that's a big piece of what I'm doing is, is building that trust. So I don't know if that fully answers your question, but I mean, I think that part of what I'm really thinking about this year is intentional growth of, of what's already there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I know, Katie, one of the things that, that you've talked about, I think, previously on the show here is is a little bit of thinking about the metrics that you're using for growth. Yeah. So, and in terms of your business expenses and some of those sorts of things, um, recalibrating a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this year in particular, and I think I mentioned on a previous episode, um, we record these sometimes out of order. So <laughs> if not, <laughs> it's, it's coming. In the it's future. coming, if not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming. Um I think I mentioned on a previous episode that I'm I'm very close as we record this to ending the kind of calendar fiscal year for my my business and to hitting what I was hoping to hit this year in terms of revenue, which was six figures. Um, and that has really been a huge milestone um, for this business. And I was aiming for it. Like I planned all year <laughs> to try to make it happen. Um, and I put a lot of structures into place to see if I could hit that milestone. But that's absolutely on my mind as I go into this next year and thinking about it's really helpful for me to break down my metrics into quarters and months so that I'm tracking what kind of income is coming in. But even more than that to say, so let's say, you know, per quarter income, you know, if you're trying to hit six figures, roughly $25,000, you're just dividing that number by four. But what does that actually mean of Mm -hmm. what you're doing in your business to get that money. Like how much mm-hmm. of that, how many coaching clients does that represent for me? How many website clients does that represent? How many speaking engagements does that represent? Um, how many writing group members do I need to hit? How many, how much revenue and course sales would that represent? And, and first of all, I think breaking it down in that way for me, because I've diversified my revenue so much actually makes it feel more achievable. Mm-hmm. And some people might hear me listing all those things and being like, well, of course you can hit that number. Like, <laughs> look at all these things that you're doing. Like, I mean, some people might think that six figure number is quite low given the mm-hmm. number of services and products that I offer. And maybe it is. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really in that comparison game right now. Um, but I think that breaking that down has been really helpful for me to be realistic mm-hmm. about, let's say I just throw out a number and I'm like, well, this year I want to try to hit 150,000 and I want to try to up that by a significant amount, I have to go into my metrics and say, okay, that would be how many more coaching clients? And do I have the time for more coaching clients? How many more speaking engagements? And do I have the vacation time to take to do those speaking engagements? The way I've calculated my numbers now is basically two speaking clients a quarter. And now that's roughly what I'm doing. Like it's, so it allows me to kind of look in a very realistic way. And I think that when you do this intentional growth and planning for growth, you're not just throwing out numbers and saying, I want a $200,000 a year and, and not mm-hmm. really knowing what that means and whether or not you actually have the time and the systems and the, the scalability that would allow that to happen. And at some point, you know, I will hit a limit of I, I can't take on more coaching clients or I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the time because a lot of these services are me. It's time with me. It's me designing your website. It's me doing the speaking engagement. Um, and you'll hit a limit for that. 
So, right. I mean, that to me, I think is actually the really important part about those metrics is, do you actually have the time to fulfill what you're mm-hmm. saying you would need to fulfill in order to hit those numbers? Right now, I do. And especially if I can sell some of the more passive income stuff or some of the stuff that is meant to be scalable, like prolific memberships, you know, like mm-hmm. my engagement with prolific doesn't necessarily change when I have more members in there. Um, mm-hmm. The time amount may go up slightly, but I'm still posting the same stuff. I'm still hosting mm-hmm. the same events. So that's, I think, the part that I think really carefully about mm-hmm. is when is it, you know, when am I going to hit that point when you know, my time is all taken up. And so far I haven't hit it. I feel like I'm yeah. at a very comfortable place where I'm not working all the time. You know, like I've been able to find a little bit of a balance um, mm-hmm. with how this works. But what, I mean, I'm really curious, Sarah, what you're thinking about this, because I know this year you're pulling back a little bit um, to mm-hmm. focus on other areas of your business. But I also know you're laying the groundwork for things you're hoping to do in the future. When you're planning for growth or thinking about intentional growth, you, as you can hear, I really tie it into revenue. Like that's what mm-hmm. growth means to me. Mm-hmm. What does growth mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> and and as you said, uh, things are a little bit uncertain. And so it's, it's always a little hard to plan when you're not entirely sure um, what's coming down the line. Not that we ever really are, let's be honest. Um, but I think for me this year, um, is, is really focusing on the projects and things that I can control. Um, and, uh, and growing in some ways that, that make sense and that I can kind of fit in around other things that may, uh, that may come up and require my time and attention from, from time to time throughout the year. So, um, for me, there are a couple of different areas that I'm really kind of focusing on. Um, one of which is the, the honestly series, which I know we've talked about previously and, um, you know, as we're recording this, it's, it's kind of the end of, uh, 2018 and I'm, I'm spending a lot of time now writing content and creating stuff, um, so that I can begin really releasing a lot of that in earnest in the next, uh, in the next little while here and really get things ramping up, um, and, and growing in that way, uh, in, in a sustainable way and in a way that, that makes sense for me. Um, I used to be the kind of creator who would, uh, you know, write and film and edit and produce a video, uh, you know, in a, a day or two. And I've realized that in order for me to continue to, to grow other parts of my business, that that's not, that's not the way that I can continue to create. Uh, mm. It's not the way that I can do that sustainably. And so I'm, I've been working really hard on how do I build in more consistency in my writing practice, especially. Um, and so for me, growth looks like growing some systems that work, uh, and some routines that, that will kind of help me along the way. Um, Katie, I, I, Katie and I talked a little bit about this before we press record, but I was, I was reflecting on the, uh, the reality that humans actually really, uh, thrive under a little bit of routine. Who knew? Uh, (laughs) and so I've been finding that, that instituting a little bit more routine into my life has actually helped. Um, but it also doesn't, doesn't minimize my ability to be flexible with within that routine. And so um, I'm finding new ways to create and new ways to kind of take take things on and, and make new stuff uh, in a way that I think will be more sustainable long term and less susceptible to kind of the ebbs and flows of of the chaos of life when it decides to be chaotic. Um, and so that's feeling really good and feeling like I'm kind of building a foundation. So for me, growth this year, I think, is is really focused on this idea of systems uh, and of routine and 
and building some foundational things um, that will carry me through those ebbs and flows. Um, and in, in this last year, um, I, I hadn't really had the opportunity to do that. And so when big things hit, I didn't have a lot of content in the can that I could just, you know, continue to pump out. Uh, and so that that was kind of why I had to, to really, really take a step back. But in other areas of my business, too, I'm, I'm thinking a lot more about speaking um, and a lot more about consulting and the balance between those two. Uh, and for me, intentional growth, I think also means stepping back on the speaking a little bit, um, because that's, again, one of those things that I have less control over. <laughs> um, with a consulting client, with consulting gigs, I, I have more flexibility and more sort of ownership um, in how and when the work gets done. Uh, whereas with speaking, you have to be there at a particular time and place and all of that sort of thing. Um, so I, I like speaking. Um, I'm not against speaking, and I will continue to do some speaking, I'm, sh- I'm sure. But being really thoughtful about what, like you said, Katie, what are the the um, goals for that? And, and how many do I want to kind of max out um, on for the year? And what are my um, limits in terms of travel time or all of those kinds of considerations um, that I want to build in a little bit? Uh, and thinking about how to do speaking in more online spaces, right? And, and do things in a way that um, whether it's webinars or other kinds of things where I can be offering this content um, in ways that make it easier for me and easier for um, my potential clients too. So I'm I'm really kind of playing with the ideas around, um, you know, how do I how do I do this more in a online space, um, and how do I make sure that uh, the gigs that I am taking are things that I I really want to be taking um, and less about the pull of money <laughs> in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. less about, oh, I need I need another, you know, speaking gig because I need to pay the bills. What are the other passive income sources that I have more control over that I can build in the background um, to make some of those other other engagements less necessary, I guess? Um so that, that's kind of where my head is in terms of growth and thinking about what do I want this to, to look like and, and how do I do this um, in a more sort of systematic way. So yeah, I don't know. That's where I am. <laughs> okay. So I'm curious because I feel like one strategy for growth that mm-hmm. people don't always always think about, I think, as a strategy for growth, but it, it's tied to what you're saying about kind of pulling back is mm-hmm. raising your rates. Mm-hmm. So you decide yep. I'm going to do less speaking, but it's going to be more expensive yep. <laughs> for people yep. who want me to come out. And yep. it's it's a little bit of a, you know, like a, a strategy around scarcity, like that mm-hmm. you just don't do it very much. And so if yep. somebody wants you, they're going to have to pay for it. But I also think about this in light of like, I will probably be raising my coaching rates in 2019, um, mm-hmm. in part because of it's a reflection of the fact that I will be certified at that point. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I have gone through this process of um, going through exams and testing and and I have logged a certain number of coaching hours and I've kind of invested in that as part mm-hmm. of my um, professional development. And so that will impact my rates. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but but a little bit. So I'm wondering if you've thought about that. And I can't remember, honestly, Sarah, if we've talked about this on the show, I'd be surprised if we haven't. Mm-hmm. But at what point are you deciding you want to adjust your rates you know, if you are kind of lowering the amount of things you're doing, are you right. bumping up what people are paying for them? Yeah, no, I have been thinking about that. And I actually I had an inquiry come in the other day that was asking about it. And I was like, mm, I mean, I could do it for that. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, like, if you're like, I could do it, then no, you're not charging enough, charge more. Uh, so <laughs> there were like, what would it be? You know, what would make it worth my while? And I think that number is changing. And I think that that is shifting as it should, right? You should right. Always be it's a very natural thing. This is why I exactly. want to talk about it. Yeah. 
exactly. So, and, and with the start of the new year, um, that there's sort of a natural point at which to do that. And, and, um, you know, this, this gig I think would be in the, in the new year, so that would be fine. Um, but yeah, I have definitely been thinking about that and also about the ability to offer other options, uh, comfortably. So, um, for example, there was a speaking gig I did, uh, at the end of the summer that I went, you know, I traveled and I did this, this presentation, but they had also asked for two follow-up webinars, um, about a month later. And that was actually a really interesting way of doing things and worked pretty well. Uh, and so having done that, having tried that when I previously hadn't really done it that way before, um, has kind of given me the thought of like, okay, I could offer that as a package. And, and I got feedback that that was really well received and people enjoyed it and had, you know, learned a lot and got a lot out of it. Um, so what are the other options that I can start offering that are, you know, maybe for a, a, a potential speaking client where, you know, they're going to charge, you know, I, I want to charge a rate that they can't afford. What are the other things I can offer instead at right. a lower rate that they could afford, but that don't require me to travel or don't require as much um, time and investment from me uh, in the same way. And so I, I am toying with some of that. And I'm thinking a lot about um, speci- specifically with speaking, how do I restructure my website a little bit to communicate about that, about these other options that I offer? Because um, I don't think I'm very clear about that. I need to be uh, clearer about that. So maybe if you check out my speaking page now, you'll see a whole different layout <laughs> by the time this actually goes to air. Um, so we'll see. But but there have been things like that that I've been thinking about, about not only adjusting my own services, but thinking about how do I talk about it, right? And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before on the show. People don't know what you don't tell them. And so you need to also be clear about communicating what what changes you're making and how. Um, And so those are all kinds of things I'm thinking about with respect to how do I want to build this going forward? And what do I want my life to look like this year differently from the year before um, in how things went? So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I am at the moment on that. So I think part of this conversation about intentional growth and planning for growth is also to what degree do your business expenses change? Yeah. As you add new services <laughs> and options. And also, I think on it, just as you professionalize your business, like you, you may mm-hmm. have kind of limped along with something and then you realize like, OK, now's the time to like up my game with video conferencing or, you know, like yeah. I need to have something that looks a little more professional. How is that? You know, are you thinking along those lines with is there anything in particular that you're thinking of adding mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I'm going to need a webinar platform now or I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to have to be thinking about this. Like, what are some of those business expenses that you think might come along with this idea of planning for growth for you? Yeah, I think there are some some sort of natural ones like you, you mentioned a, a web conferencing platform. That's one I've I've been uh, thinking about a little bit. The other is I know you use Teachery, but uh, either that or a similar online learning platform where I can easily offer my own kind of modules and that sort of thing. Um, you know, Katie, it's basically applying a lot of the stuff that you and I've talked about a lot previously and that I think you do very well, which is um, repurposing things that you have in a, in an interesting way or, or creating things for particular types of, of audiences or learners um, and and really talking about that and, and being open about here's here's this new thing that I'm offering um, and building it in a way that it's a really positive experience for people who you know, who purchase it. Um, and so I've learned a lot from you, obviously, in, in having all of these conversations. And so I'm thinking about how to apply that um, in ways that make sense for the audience I'm working with. The, the kind of perennial challenge, I think, uh, that that I face is that the audience that I traditionally kind of work with, especially within the speaking world, um, they tend not to be online as much, but 
that is beginning to kind of seep into the culture more. So being kind of the first or one of the first to that to that uh, world <laughs> will be advantageous to me. And I've already seen some of that, uh, my willingness to kind of take a risk and do this webinar thing that I was just talking about. You know, I think that was the first time they'd ever done that. Mm-hmm. And it worked really well. And so uh, being able to say that I've done that before, and it's, you know, it, it works really well. And here's what this looks like. And now I know how to how to present that way. Um, that kind of offers me an, an edge on that market. Uh, and so I'm interested in, in kind of exploring that a little bit and seeing what that looks like. But I think some of the business expenses are some of those things that you're talking about. You know, do I need a, uh, you know, a, a Zoom account? Do I need, you know, um, you know, something like a teachery or, or another um, online learning platform to, to really make this the best user experience possible? Because that's, that's kind of the focus at this point. Okay. <laughs> what about you? How about your business expenses? What are your... Oh, my business expenses. Um, <laughs> well, as I've talked about before on this show, and definitely with you, I feel some flexibility with my business expenses because I have more, like, I'm not paying my mortgage with my business mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can invest in certain things. And I have done that from the very beginning. So Whereas other people, I think, kind of limp along. I've just been like, what do I need? I'm buying it. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't really been um, overly concerned about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And that's been actually really nice. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. not something that everyone can do. Um, However, I think what it's allowed me to do is to really better understand what I need and what I don't. Um, Because I have access to a lot of things and I may not need all of it. Mm-hmm. So that's been useful. Um, also, I mean, I can still say one of the best investments I ever made in my business was um, Jason Zook and Caroline Zook's Buy Our Future, which mm-hmm. has allowed me to have software platforms that I no longer pay for. It was a one-time payment. And they now offer this through their community wandering aimfully, which we can link to in the show notes. Um, but that has allowed me to basically have a course platform that mm-hmm. I don't pay like a monthly fee for. And mm-hmm. I build everything in there. My writing groups, Um, the prolific resource library, my courses, you know, there's so many things, the webinars that I do are are replays are hosted in there. So that's been a really um, helpful tool to have. But um, this year, like I I invested in Zoom um, Mm -hmm. for my coaching in particular, and I've been using it for my writing groups, which has been great because I can record sessions um, really easily. I have thought about transitioning my webinars over to Zoom or over to a different platform. I currently use two webinar platforms depending on who the webinars are for because I have some different audiences that I do those for. So um, it's allowed me to kind of test out some stuff. Um, and I will say too, and I invested in Mighty Networks this year, which is the platform I'm using for Prolific. I, I now really think about when I'm adding a business expense, what revenue will come in that will help pay for it. Mm-hmm. So I use a second webinar platform, but it's for hosted webinars that I'm being paid to do. So mm-hmm. I, that's coming out of, you know, that that revenue is paying for that. That revenue also pays for the transcripts for those webinars, you know, like that kind of thing. So I, I try mm-hmm. to think carefully about that. Um, and what are the things I need to cover on mm-hmm. kind of a monthly basis? When I first started my business, I probably had about $250 of recurring mm-hmm. um, business expenses it's significantly more than that now um, on a monthly basis. It kind of depends on if I'm booking travel for mm-hmm. speaking. Um, that can be a significant business expense that gets reimbursed, but I'm still mm-hmm. paying for it up front. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I keep in mind um, with the the speaking and, and just what I keep in my bank account, basically, for my business expenses. 
But I mean, if I look over on my whiteboard, I have a list of all the technologies and tools I'm using right now, some of which are free, uh, like Google Drive or something like that. But um, there's easily 30 things that are contributing to my business right now, um, whether that's you know Stripe to process payments or mm-hmm. FreshBooks for, as my accounting system, Zoom for my mm-hmm. meetings. Um, I mean, WordPress, which I use for client websites. I mean, like there's just a million things that, mm-hmm. that go into running the business and, and making it function. So I did set the goal this year though of 20% of my revenue is going to be mm-hmm. business expenses. And I don't want it to go higher than that. If it goes higher than that, it's honestly not that big of a deal, which is part of the, the problem I think of like, right. well, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It'll, it'll be what it'll be. Like I, I yeah. just, I'm not being strict with myself at this point. And, and mm-hmm. it, that's a huge privilege. And I mm-hmm. acknowledge that openly that um, part of what works right now for my business is that I'm not having to be mm-hmm. so tight on the purse strings. Um, mm-hmm. and yet we're still able to have a good amount of salary, you know, that comes out of it. And, and that's been a nice kind of boost for me and my yeah. partner. So, yeah, I mean, I, at some point I'm going to have to kind of like buckle down a little, <laughs> buckle down. Well, and not to say, I don't want people to think I'm like willy nilly, like throwing cash around because right, I'm not, right. but I, I will say that like, it's just, it's not, I'm not in the place where it's a difficult decision to like bump up to the next, like, like there's a free version of Mighty Networks, for example, and Mm -hmm. I didn't choose it. There's Mm -hmm. one level up from that. I didn't choose that either. Like Mm -hmm. I I chose the highest level because I needed it and it had analytics and that's what I wanted. And like, it's an investment. Like I see Mm -hmm. these things as investments in my business. And because I am having regular revenue come in and I'm not going into debt, to, mm-hmm. you know, have these business expenses, it would be an mm-hmm. entirely different situation if I was right. not making enough revenue to cover this, mm-hmm. but I am, and I right. can cover this and I can cover my business taxes and I can cover salary. So I I feel comfortable with where mm-hmm. it is right now. I would like to kind of experiment with that 20% this year to see, mm-hmm. and, and if my revenue goes up, then obviously what I can spend on business expenses will go up as right. well um, right. to kind of match that. But, um, I don't know. I'm actually kind of curious to our listeners, is 20% low? Is it high? Like, I, I mean, yeah, I just I have know. no sense of that. You know, like, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I Roughly this year, I think it's been more like 25%, which is why I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let's see if we can bring this down a little bit. But that included things like my coaching training, which is not a recurring, you know, mm-hmm. expense. Like, there's just stuff that we've been paying for that we're not going to have to pay for in the future. Mm-hmm. So I will say that my philosophy around this did come from Profit First, um, mm-hmm. which is a book that we can link to in the show notes that is really about making sure you're paying yourself a salary and thinking right. about your business in terms of ratios, which was helpful for me mm-hmm. when I was first starting out. And I just really had no idea what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. And to some extent, still feel like I don't really know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing. And I'm really glad I, I have either. an accountant and, you mm-hmm. know, professionals exactly. who are helping me to pay taxes and whatever who, but yeah who do the who do the really hard stuff figuring right. all of this out but right I kind of just yeah. say tell me what I need to put aside and they do and then I do mm-hmm. I mean right. I and we That's actually great. yeah I mean and and I would say you know the the first priority for our business is paying taxes and making mm-hmm. sure we have enough for that and and then the second priority is business expenses and then expenses salary and kind of comes yeah. after that so yeah. um yeah but yeah. I I would love to have, you know, critical questions from our audience about like, what are you doing? And why are you doing it that way? And what's wrong with you? Yeah, well, and it's interesting, because I think you and I, we have different approaches to business expenses. So my approach is much more, 
do I absolutely need the one with the bells and whistles to do what I'm trying to do now? Um, and not that I'm against paying for more. So, um, you know, social media is a, a good example of this, that for a while I was paying for, uh, for Edgar and, um, then when Twitter went and changed all of its rules about, you know, recycling posts, um, I decided that because Edgar was so, so expensive and that would have been the primary reason I had purchased it um, or purchased a subscription was for the recycling purpose. And since that wasn't going to be an offering anymore, uh, at least in the same way, I decided to um, to jump over to Buffer, which was a, a, a much more affordable option uh, at the time because I didn't. I didn't need the other things that Edgar could offer um, in order to get the basic job done. So, um, you know, I think being willing to, when things shift and when things happen, look at it and say, okay, am I really using this in the same way? Is it something that I, that I need, you know, the full package for, or is it something that I can get by for a while until I start making, you know, more money on this thing that I'm, you know, (laughs) doing it with um, or doing it for, um, you know, then I can maybe make the jump, but, but until then, can I get by with, with what this is or this cost or this fee, um, and kind of keeping those costs low as much as possible, uh, has been my focus, um, maybe to a fault, right? Like you're saying, maybe I spend too much. I'm like, maybe I spend too little, um, cause you do have to spend money to make money. That's, that's right. a real thing. Yeah. Um, and so figuring out that balance and, and having a good idea of how much money am I going to make on this? thing that I'm trying to do with this, this platform or software or, you know, subscription or whatever it is. Um, and is it a necessary expense or is it an expense that I can minimize in some way? Um, is it, right. is it something that I don't have to have right now, but can work toward in the future and, and have it on the priority list of like, oh, if I, ha- <laughs> when I, you know, make more money, here's a thing I'd like to, you know, up my subscription on or, or right. whatever it is. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, there are a couple ways to think about that. You know, like mm-hmm. one is, when I was calculating what to do with Mighty Networks, for example, I said, how many people will I have to have subscribed per month to cover this? Mm-hmm. The answer was one. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I can deal with that. I, I think, think I, I can, can handle it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I can maybe get one person to subscribe to this community. And if not, uh-huh. then I'll revisit. Right. <laughs> I'll think about if it. not, then that's a different problem. <laughs> right. But yeah. but I also think, and, and this is something that I want to be really clear on, because I'm sure there are people like yelling at their, you know, <laughs> podcast, whatever they're listening to us on right now. Whatever you, like, after you cover your taxes Mm -hmm. and after you cover whatever you decide to put in your business savings, if you have business savings, which I happen to have um, in addition to a tax account, and then you have your expenses, basically whatever's left Mm -hmm. is your salary. Mm -hmm. So everything that you're putting toward your expenses that is a waste could be going in your pocket to (laughs) buy whatever it is you want to buy with your, your money. So that's the other thing that I, I want to be pretty clear. Like, I'm aware of that. And mm-hmm. I want, you know, like, I agree with you, Sarah, like, it takes money to make money. Like, I think mm-hmm. that it's very important to me that people who work with me have a good experience and that mm-hmm. they don't feel like my business in in whatever way is kind of unprofessional because mm-hmm. I am not, you know, putting it on platforms that look professional or whatever. Um, right. And that's something I've been very conscious of is kind of the optics of mm-hmm. running a business by yourself. You know, like I don't have staff, people are working directly with me. I want them to have a good experience, but also like everything I put toward business expenses is money that's not going into my own pocket. So mm-hmm. I think that that's something else to consider when you're making these decisions is you can cut corners mm-hmm. um, without cutting quality. If right. that's something that's important to you, at this stage, I still feel like I'm at a, a place where 
I am still actively experimenting, mm-hmm. um, particularly with platforms and how I'm working with clients. Um, so just want to put that out there for people who yeah. are like, oh, my God, you could be putting this money in your pocket. I'm like, I get it. I totally <laughs> I, get it. I'm, and yep. <laughs> and that's why I'm, you know, working on that, you know, to see if mm-hmm. I can up basically up my salary revenue from 25 percent to 30 percent. That's mm-hmm. kind of the goal this year. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. Agreed. Agreed. So what else about growth? Any, anything else you've got thinking thinking about in the in terms of the new year and uh, new ways of ex- intentionally expanding your, your work? Well, I am really looking forward to a new book that's coming out in January called Company of One by Paul Jarvis, mm-hmm. which I think we have mentioned on the show before. And so, yeah. he actually has a podcast out right now that's kind of helping to promote the book, also called Company of One. Um, and I, I just really appreciate this idea of growth is what it means to you. Like Mm -hmm. you do not have to be emulating what other people are doing or what their growth looks like if that is not functioning for you in whatever Mm -hmm. way. Like if it's too Mm -hmm. much time, if it's, you know, not working on your own terms. I mean, we're so big on what does this mean to do this on your own terms um, with this show and with our businesses. I mean, that that is something I hope comes out and that people understand that (laughs) we are really making intentional choices for ourselves Mm -hmm. and our families. Um, but I, I mean, that's the, I'm really looking forward to reading that book and maybe it's one that we'll review on the show at some point, Mm. because I think that one of the things Paul really emphasizes is there's a lot of pressure to kind of grow and scale. And, and even people who constantly ask me, when are you going to quit your job and like go into your business Mm -hmm. full time? And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not the purpose here. Like, there's just a lot of, um, ideas of what these businesses Mm -hmm. should look like and, I hope we're kind of emphasizing in this episode that you get to make those decisions and right. it doesn't matter <laughs> what anyone yeah. else around right. you is doing if it works for you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it's intentional growth, but it's also really personalized. Yeah, right. And it doesn't always have to be growth, too. Um, you know, Katie, right. you're kind of talking about your growth being su- sustaining and, and kind of putting your your eggs in the baskets that you've already woven <laughs> just stretching the metaphor just taking it there uh, I like that but but um you know it, it doesn't have to mean growth either you know in, in some ways my revenue goals for the year are going to be pretty modest because I you know I'm looking at the landscape of both where my business is and where I think it could go and then also the landscape of my real life that I live in every day and you know what what am I expecting there or what am I anticipating there and that all that all plays a role um and I think sometimes we get so caught up in the like oh I want to do I want to be so productive and do all of these things and and grow all of the stuff that then we set ourselves up for failure and um, so I would just, you know, echo what you're saying, Katie, that it's on your own terms and it's doing it your own way. Um, but also to encourage you to be real about your time and about your commitments and whether that's your, your work commitments or your, if you have a side business, your side business commitments and time, but also your personal life, your family, your, your health, your well being, like all of those things play a role here. And all of them are intertwined and in, in making your work, what it can be and what it needs to be. And so, you know, if you, if working 80 hours a week is going to hurt your health, then maybe reevaluate that a little bit because it will eventually also hurt your work. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, there are people who can do that. I don't understand it. It's never a life that I want, but (laughs) this, I know, I know people who do that. Um, but you know, being real with yourself about what it is that you want, um, 
is, you know, if you want to pour yourself into your business, awesome, go for it. If, if you want to, you know, be able to have a glass of wine with friends or go out to a brewery, then build your life that way. Um, that it's, it's entirely up to you. And, um, and yeah, like you said, Katie, don't, don't feel too pressured by what other people are doing. It can be really easy in this, you know, especially social media world, um, to look at all the things everybody else is doing and feel inadequate. Um, I, I run into that frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do, but you not. We, we all do. Everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> but to just encourage you to push against that a little bit and be, um, be okay with where you are and forgiving about that. And also realistic about the goals that you can and, and should be making for your business and yourself. Well, and I think, Sarah, you're such a good model of balance of how to do this, you know, with all these other areas of things in your life. <laughs> Sorry. You're doing a good job. I, I appreciate yeah. that. It doesn't you're, always feel that way. You're doing a good I job. No. And I, I, but I think that in the same way that when we talk about, like, quote, unquote, work-life balance, and yeah. people will say, don't think about it as a daily thing. Think about it as, like, a weekly thing or a monthly thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you doing on a larger scale? I think the same applies for growth with business. Like you could Mm -hmm. literally, I could change none of my numbers this year. I could just say, I want to do exactly what I did last year. And it would still be growth because I'd be working with more and different people. Like if if all I did for the rest of my career was speak at seven schools a year, some -hmm. of those schools would be different and new schools to me. And that would allow my business to grow. It would allow my reputation to be stronger, you know, across certain areas. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the other thing that, you know, like you can literally stay the same and it still represents growth over a longer period of time. Same Mm -hmm. with, you can still do the exact same speaking, but with different topics and that still represents growth. So I think that that's, there's kind of a, a long term way of thinking about it, which you brought up at the very beginning of this episode, which is like, you don't have to go big and go home every, go big or go home every year or every quarter or whatever. Like, I mean, it's, it, that slow and steady is going to happen almost without you doing anything. (laughs) If you just kind of be consistent with what you're putting out there. Um, And that's how I've always felt too about content creation is there's going to be at least 52 new blog posts every year because I'm putting them out every mm-hmm. week. You know, like that's growth. Um, so that kind of thing, I think, is another small things add up over time. That is another form of growth for your business as well. Yeah. And, tr- and trusting that process, because sometimes when you're in a bit of a lull or in a period where you're not seeing a lot of return on that investment um, of time and energy, it can be really easy to be like, oh, does any of it even matter? Um, but but do trust the process because there are, you know, I've been in those lulls and I'm in a bit of one right now, even where I'm not seeing a lot of new stuff coming in. But um, I had an inquiry the other day where, you know, a person reached out and said, oh, I, I love your videos and I love this stuff. So the stuff that I made years ago is still paying off, it's still right? Circulating. And it's still paying dividends, still circulating, still important to people. So don't feel like just because you didn't have a good week of producing a new thing or whatever, that the stuff that you made before doesn't still matter and isn't still going to, you know, help you continue to grow and continue to build in the future. Well, that's a good way to end. Yay. Nice wrap up. <laughs> Yay, the future. Nicely done. All right. Well, thanks to our listeners for checking in with this episode of Make Your Way. We hope you're enjoying season four and we will be back next week with another episode. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, Katie. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at katielinder.work slash podcasts. Make Your Way is part of the Radical Self-Trust podcast channel, a collection of content dedicated to helping you seek self-knowledge, nurture your superpowers, playfully experiment, 
live your core values with intention, practice loving kindness toward yourself and others, and settle into your life's purpose. Learn more about the RST channel at katielinder.work slash podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please also consider rating and or reviewing the show in iTunes. Thanks for listening.